0: And in this morning's passage as well, the Apostle Paul tells the Christians in Philippi, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Rejoice not once but twice. It's fair to say that the early Christians were characterized by this double shot of joy. Observers at the time say it was uncanny the way they seemed to be infused with joy. Outsiders were baffled. Christians were a small minority scattered across the Mediterranean world. They were not wealthy or powerful for the most part, and they were in constant danger of being killed, yet they had laid hold of an inner peace that found expression in a joy that was uncontainable. Houston Smith writes, perhaps radiance would be a better word. Radiance is hardly the word used to characterize the average religious life, but no other word fits as well the life of these early Christians. Paul himself offers a vivid example. Here was a man who had been ridiculed, driven from town to town, shipwrecked, imprisoned, and flogged. Yet here was a life in which joy was the constant refrain. He wrote today's passage about rejoicing from a prison cell in Rome. At our Horizons Bible study last week, we shared our impressions of the Apostle Paul. People noted that sometimes Paul is hard to understand. We wish he'd never written some of the things he wrote because of how the church has interpreted them. And sometimes he's inconsistent. The one thing that never wavers is Paul's irrepressible joy. When I was a kid, we used to sing a a camp song that went, I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's joy times four. And that was Paul all the way. That was what it meant to Paul to be a Christian. What's going on here? And where can we buy a bottle of this stuff? Well, it turns out it isn't bottled, of course. I don't think there's a better recipe for it, however, than these few verses in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. is that God loves them beyond their wildest imagination, that they are forgiven for whatever makes them feel ashamed or afraid, and nothing in life or in death can separate them from God's love. They trust God. They hope in God. So in its simplest terms, this is the recipe, the equation for joy. A quiet, Peaceful, trusting mind plus a hopeful heart equals joy. Except that this equation, as I've just stated, it leaves out the essential ingredient, and that is in the Lord. The early Christians lived in the Lord. This weekend, as Martha mentioned, the elders and deacons of our congregation explored what it means to add this essential ingredient to our lives. Elders serve on the governing boards of Presbyterian churches. Deacons serve in a ministry of caring. And every year we gather together for planning or visioning or bonding. And as Martha mentioned, this year we did something a little different. We spent this weekend at the Point Bonita YMCA Retreat Center in the Lord. We spent the weekend hanging out with God. We practiced a buffet, a smorgasbord, spiritual practices that Christians have used for centuries, for millennia even, in order to experience that peace which passes understanding and that joy which runs like a subterranean river through the hearts of believers. We tried centering prayer, dialoguing with God, journaling, Lectio Divina, chanting, contemplative walking, and a handful of more exercises. We also spent some time remembering what it was like to be a teenager. I asked each officer to bring a photo of him or herself as a teenager and to answer these four questions. How did you dress? What music did you listen to? How did you relate to adults? What did you think about yourself? The photos were priceless, The stories were rich, and we discovered many similar threads in our lives. Trying to fit in, not sure if we belonged or even if we wanted to belong, peer pressure, thinking our parents didn't know anything, (laughs) different ways of expressing rebellion and idealism. And as, as Dave Jones put it, the one word in English that no one feels neutral about... Is prong. Now, what's the connection? Spiritual practices, teenagers, and joy. There are two connections. The first is that we are coming to understand that children and youth are on the same journey, the same adventure in faith as adults. They might be in a different place on the path, but there is so much to learn and discover about what God is doing in the world and calling us to be that we are all beginners. As he was approaching his 80th birthday, Frederick Buechner wrote, My technical adolescence is many decades behind me, but to call me an adult or a grown-up is an oversimplification at best and a downright misnomer at worst. I am not a having-grown-up one, but a growing-up one, a groping-up one, not even sure much of the time where my growing and groping are taking me or where they are supposed to be taking me. We are all adolescents, he writes, painfully growing and groping our way towards something like true adulthood, and maybe the greatest value we have both to teach and to learn as we go is the value of amazement. The capacity to be amazed by the unending power that can be generated by the meeting and trading of lives, which is a power to heal and bless us, and in the end, maybe to transform us into truly human beings at last. Beekner points to the second connection that spiritual practices have with teenagers and joy. Amazement, like joy, like delight, is only possible if you're open to the thought, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe there is something new that I can learn. Maybe I could be surprised. Maybe there is a new way I can grow and feel blessed and heal. Maybe I could Try this, maybe I could risk this. Maybe I could play with this. The quotation on the cover of your bulletins comes from a book entitled Contemplative Youth Ministry by Mark Iaconelli. Mark Iaconelli notices that most adults these days are so busy moving from activity to activity that we don't know how to be with our kids, we don't know how to be with ourselves, And we don't know how to be with God. He poses anthropologist Angelus Arian's diagnostic questions for a person who is disconnected or dispirited. When did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? Where in your life did you stop telling stories? Where in your life did you stop listening to silence? Silence. I think the Apostle Paul would have put it this way. When did you stop rejoicing? As I left for lunch on Thursday, I ran into a class of kids from our preschool on the lawn just up the steps from the church office. One little girl stood with one of the teachers, a woman named Terry. The other seven or eight children were sitting in a line against the building. The little girl standing near Terry on the sidewalk was calling the others to come forward. She called them by name, one at a time. And when they came forward, they each put a mento, that's kind of a mint, a mento, into a tube contraption that was attached to the top of a large plastic bottle of Coke. The kids stacked the mentos one at a time in the tube. They took their turns and then they rushed back to their spots against the wall where they waited and watched with bright and eager faces. Then Terry and the little girl backed away from the Coke bottle, the girl holding on to the end of a long red string attached to that tube holding the Mentos. On Terry's signal, the girl pulled the red string, this dropped the Mentos into the Coke and a 20-foot geyser of Coke (laughs) blew straight up into the air. The kids and Terry squealed, and I applauded. (laughs) And I thought, this is what a church youth ministry should be like. No, wait a minute. This is what the life of faith should be like for everybody of every age. There was curiosity. There was learning. There was play. There was amazement. There was experimentation and discovery and joy. The children did much of it themselves, guided and mentored by someone with more experience, but no less curious, no less delighted, no less filled with wonder. Not every attempt to connect with God will have the drama of an exploding Coke bottle, but there should always be the possibility of surprise, because it is an adventure, an adventure we pursue together, for no other reason than that God has called our names and invited us. At the retreat, we watched a video called Joy Ride. It's under two minutes, and I'll put a link to it on the the sermon when I put it up on the website. It begins with a quotation from the author of The Little Prince, Antoine de Saint-Exupery. All grown-ups were once children but only a few of us remember it and then the movie asks a series of questions all beginning with when did you last when did you last play with your food for example and we see a man in his 70s blowing bubbles in a glass of milk i've invited the officers the deacons and the elders to share with you this morning something that speaks to them as individuals of that recovery of spirit, that reconnection with joy that is life in the Lord. Not because you should feel guilty because you aren't doing these things. These are personal and individual. Someone said yesterday, when was the last time you went water skiing? I have never been water skiing. I never planned to go water skiing, and I don't (laughs) regret that. But each one of us as something that tugs at our souls, whispering, you've lost your center. So I will go first. When was the last time you went dancing? When was the last time you lay down in a meadow and watched the clouds change shape? When was the last time you put all your Saturday uh, jobs aside and took a walk around Phoenix Lake? When was the last time you were swimming off Kauai and got caught in a riptide, you realize and you just realized that you could just go with the flow and eventually get to that beach you're heading for. When was the last time you went to the park and went on a swing? When was the last time you went snorkeling? When was the last time you looked at the sidewalk, saw all the beautiful fall leaves, And bent down, picked a couple up, and took them home and put them on your window so you could see the light through. When was the last time you found time to be silent with yourself, no electronic devices? When was the last time you went to the Sacramento Valley in December and watched the thousands of snow geese take flight? When was the last time you laughed so hard you cried? When was the last time you ran out of gas? (laughs) When was the last time you jumped for joy like this? When was the last time you went swimming in a cool mountain lake? When was the last time you had a malted milkshake? When was the last time you listened to live jazz? (laughs) When was the last time you rejoiced? I saw a New Yorker cartoon with a father and son in a car, and the father who's driving says to the son, you bring joy and enthusiasm to everything you do, people will think you're crazy. No. They will think you are Christian. May it be so for you and for me. Amen.